you're listening to the Business of Branding podcast. If you are a creative female entrepreneur ready to connect with more of those heck yes clients, build an irresistible brand, and allow growing your business to feel easier than ever before, then you are in the right place. I'm your host, Nikki Arnsman, a brand designer and strategist, a mama, and a little bit of a serial entrepreneur. On this podcast, I share all the strategies, tips, and lessons learned that have helped me build and scale an aligned business. My hope is that the content here will inspire you to go out and do the same for yourself. Welcome to another episode of the Business of Branding podcast. I'm excited today because I'm not alone. I'm here with um, Sharon Spano, who is in a mastermind um, alongside me, and we share mentor and coaches, um, and her and I had connected. I felt like she would bring such incredible value um, to everyone here listening. So I'm going to introduce Sharon She holds a PhD in human and organizational systems. She works with family business owners and entrepreneurs to help them heal and strengthen their relationships in support of business growth and sustainability. She is the author of The Pursuit of Time and Money and the host of her weekly podcast, The Other Side of Potential. So hi, Sharon. I'm so excited to have you here today. Good morning, Nikki. It's it's wonderful to be here, and I'm excited for our conversation because I I really love your energy, and I always love what you bring to our mastermind group. So I'm I'm just delighted that we finally have a chance to connect in a little bit of a different way. Yeah, totally. So, um, likewise as well. And I I want to know a little bit more about um, what you do on a regular basis, what your business operates like today. Um, that'd be so helpful for us. Yeah, so of course, it, it's sort of a long journey. I mean, most of my work has been in career, um, in corporate rather. And um, at one point, I was a professional speaker who traveled around the country, about 150 cities a year. So yeah. I learned so much about people in business. You know, I felt like I really had my pulse on the, the heart of business. And a lot of those were women, like your audience. That we, we did a lot of women conferences in those days. And I saw the stress that women were under and of course was living that stress myself because I was uh, rearing a child with uh, disabilities. My son was physically impaired. So here I'm trying to run a business, travel, you know, be a, be a, a somewhat decent wife as best I could. And, you know, it was intense. So I really relate to women in business and, and what they go through. And then that work evolved into, you know, my doing more and more leadership development, formulating my own business and, and, um, and incorporating because I saw the need was far greater than I could do in a, a, a address and a speaking engagement. And then my PhD work, as you alluded to, is in human and organizational systems, which is just a, a really uh, kind of fancy way of saying I'm very much interested in how people um, create success for themselves in their business environment and particularly the relational aspect. You know, I've gotten more involved in family systems and family dynamics as I work with family business owners and family enterprise. And um, within that, uh, some of the services that I offer are integral coaching opportunities, uh, either group or, or one-on-one. I also do something called family constellation work, which is, um, kind of a blend of family systems and, and really quantum quantum physics. It's based on over 70 years of research. 
And then the, the book, as you know, focuses on the perspective of time and money from a developmental perspective, because we all view and experience time and money differently based on where we are developmentally. And I think that's really important for women to understand because um, it changes and shifts as we grow and develop and our, our uh, perspectives often can feel very unsettling when we don't understand that, that developmental movement. So a lot said there in kind of some heady language. I'll be happy to answer any questions that you have around yeah. that. We can, we can get more practical with some examples if you like. Yeah, I feel like there's so much that I could unpack there. I'm like frantically taking notes over here. Um, so taking it back just a little bit, when you where when you got out of speaking and and out of sort of that corporate setting, when what led you into working with family dynamics with um, other entrepreneurs on helping them with these things that you were doing on a corporate level? That's a great question because I really loved working in corporate, but it started to weigh on me, particularly after 08, because the leadership became very uncertain. People were afraid to make decisions. And I just saw a lot of things that were really, frankly, exhausting for me. And um, the systemic work that I do on family systems, the constellation work that I mentioned, uh, is very deep transformational work. So it was actually my, my marketing team that came to one of my retreats in Chicago and said, you know, why aren't you doing this for family businesses? Well, I had never niched down to, to a specific market like that, but I realized that it was a perfect fit for me because one, I had done family advocacy work early in my career around legislative reform related to disabilities because of my son. And I really truly believe that families are the cornerstone of our society and business is the cornerstone of our, our economy. So putting the two together for me and with my you know, years and years of experience with you know, dynamics in, in terms of the human aspect, even in corporate, it just seemed like the natural next best step. Uh, particularly now with COVID hitting and families going through so much, I feel really blessed to have kind of landed in this space. So it's very exciting. Mm -hmm. Did any part of that journey feel like a leap of faith? Like I'm hoping this is going to work or, or were you feeling like I have so much ground to stand on from my background? Um, like I, I assume that going from a corporate setting into doing this on your own, even having the, the supportive team and all of that um, is still like a learning curve. Like there's still like you and I are in a mastermind that is all about digital marketing and funnels and scaling. And, and for me, like that does like a lot of it is, is uh, there's such a big learning curve to all of that, that it feels like a leap of faith. And I didn't even come from corporate. Yeah, and let me let me stress that I only worked in corporate in my early, early years. Like mm -hmm. I've been on my own, my own practice was as a consultant going in and out mm -hmm. of corporate. So from that perspective, I felt very, very seasoned and confident in going into family businesses because mm -hmm. I'd been dealing again with, uh, you know, amazingly enough, most of the executives that I work with, they would share with me all their family challenges and dynamics anyway. So 
So that part did not feel like a big leap for me. But I think, you know, for the sake of your listeners, and to your point, we always feel that when we step into either another niche market or definitely our mastermind group for me is a huge learning curve, even though I know a lot about a digital marketing. I know enough to be dangerous, but there's so <laughs> many details that we're learning um, that I always feel, you know, just a bit overwhelmed. It's like drinking from a fire hose because we have so much to do and so much information. But to me, uh, that is the exciting part about growth and development. Like, you know, I met so many people, Nikki, across the country that literally hated their positions, their jobs, and were waiting for retirement that wasn't even going to happen for maybe 25 years. And I thought to myself, how blessed I was to be an entrepreneur because I'm always reinventing and recreating and moving on to something new. And as I know you are, and I, I offer this to your listeners because growth and development in any form is always scary. But if we're not doing that, we're becoming stale and stagnant and probably bored and actually ineffective. And, and um, so I just want to encourage, I, what I've learned is the harder it feels or the, the bigger it feels or the more scared I am, that's exactly what I need to be doing. I lean into that with great intensity because I know the reward is on the other side. I love that so much. I, I know there's been like so many pinnacle moments in my own like life and in business, um, where I've felt, uh, I felt like nervous. I felt anxious. I felt scared. And I actually, I, I think it was an episode on my podcast that maybe I did, or it could have just been a live, um, where I always feel the mass, the maximum intensity of that, um, that like angst and, and that like, um, scared, like genuinely like afraid of what is going to happen. That always comes for me right before the up level, like right before sure. the growth happens or right before I have a breakthrough. Um, that's always when I'm reaching like that maximum. And I, I find that, um, and maybe you could speak to this, that sometimes that feeling is really similar to, um, to like confusion, right? Like, what am I doing? Mm -hmm. What am I doing here? Why am I doing this? And I know as an entrepreneur, like I've, I've felt that way at various stages of my business. When I was barely making any money monthly to like making six figures, I'll go through these periods where I feel like, um, why am I doing this? What am I doing? Who am I doing this for? Like, what even is all of this about, you know? And I have these sort of like bigger questions that leave me, that leave me feeling like confused and, and a little bit like lost in my own process. And that's always coupled with being nervous, being scared, being unsure about what I'm doing. And then it's always right before, an up level. And that to me is now an indicator instead of feeling lost and confused. When I, fe when I feel that feeling happening, I, I now know I'm like, Oh, that's because I'm about to have growth. Like that's because I'm about to click into some form of up leveling. Well, that's exactly correct. Because if we look at it through the lens of human development, and let me just quickly say there's 12 stages that we know of based on, you know, the many, many years of research from the early days of Jean Piaget, where he studied, you know, child development. And mm -hmm. oddly enough, I'll just add this. We used to think that people stopped 
you know, developing or growing after age 20, which of course is ridiculous because when you think of the amount of experiences we have as adults, both good and bad, tragic and, and joyful, we grow from those things as we make meaning from them. So what you described is, is very much grounded in the research is that we know when a person is moving from one level of development to another, um, and let me stress that one is not better than the other, but we'll often feel this uncertainty, this confusion, and I'll liken it to what we used to call in the old days, midlife crisis, you know, where mm -hmm. people start questioning, oh my God, what does my life mean? And, you know, why am I even doing this? I think we feel that it's, it's not a midlife crisis anymore. It's more um, a, a, just a moment of movement as we take on so much more and so much faster in our, in our modern society. Mm -hmm. And we talk about it as being wobbly. So you're, when you go from, well, let's just say the expert stage to what's called the achiever stage, there's always a level, a level of uncertainty and confusion and angst. And I often tell my clients, it's like, if you think back to when you were in middle school, uh, going into high school, how scary it was, you know, you wanted to be grown up. I remember my son wanted a tattoo, but he still wanted to play with his truck. He was so confused. You know, it's like, I like all my stuff, mom, but you know, I know I shouldn't be doing this like the other kids. So um, we go through that in many, many cycles of life. And I think it's very wise of you. And I have such admiration for those of you in DI because um, you're all doing so much and managing so much at a rapid pace and achieving levels of success, I think probably more so than many generations before you. And it's very exciting for me to watch and it's very encouraging for me to hear your vulnerability and some of the things like you just stated of feeling those moments. And I'm loving that um, your generation is being more open and honest about that because when I was up and coming, um, you know, it was all about, you gotta be cool and act like nothing bothered you. And then, then my whole generation like crashed and burned it seemed. So <laughs> I, I think you're, you're, you're being more upfront and, and, and seeking support from one another in ways that, you know, we weren't always as good at, at doing. And, and I know this from having worked with so many CEOs at very high levels of achievement who are so miserable and unhappy in their lives because they had no resources to help them move through these kinds of, of challenging moments. Mm -hmm. It's so funny you say that. I have a question pertaining right to what we're talking about, but I just want to circle back is that I, you know, I have been on a personal development journey for probably, you know, I'm sure all of us, it's like our whole life, but intentionally, um, been, you know, always wanting to be functioning at an optimal level, mentally, physically, um, all of the things for probably the last, I would say about 10 years. So, um, I've, I've gotten really comfortable with sharing how I'm feeling. And during that decade, it's been exactly 10 years since I started my last business, which was a women's activewear line. Um, so for some of my listeners, they're familiar, but I'll share a little bit. I had a women's activewear line with my sister. Um, we ran that business together. We started out sewing everything ourselves with like $300 and fully just bootstrapped that business. Um, and up to a, mil, a little under a million dollars traveling all over. And then we sold it a couple of years back. And 
I remember going through that and having, I don't have corporate background. So I didn't have, um, I didn't really like know like the chain of command, you know, of like when you're feeling this, you go to this person, or if you're struggling with this, you can go to the marketing department and ask them, or if you're, you know, having trouble with sales or whatever it is, like, we're just going to go to the sales team and pep them up. And so we were really, it was like, all of us. And I didn't, I wasn't really familiar with the coaching industry then, or like a Mm -hmm. consulting. I, I was 23, um, truly was just naive to my own benefit, right. Knocking on doors. I probably wouldn't even knock on today. Um, and, and just like doing it in hyperdrive, but in hindsight now, and this is why it's so important. I think this conversation is so important. Um, all of this to say is that I wish there were more people even 10 years ago talking about the hardships and the, and the honestly just emotional roller coaster that you go through when you are building a business, when you're starting something new, when you're doing something like you've just never done before. Um, I agree with you that I think even 10 years ago, 12 years ago, like when I was there, I didn't, it wasn't social media was not what it was today. So it's not like you went on social media and had motivational speakers, right. Right, Or other business owners talking and you could just pop on there and get some motivation or find someone who was doing business growth strategy to like help you figure out and have sort of those people to lean on and go to. Um, so I became my own advocate for that. And I, Mm -hmm. I didn't have the support system. Like I feel like is much more accessible now, um, of, of being able to lean in and see how I'm feeling. So my sister and I sort of became that for each other of, wow, we're really struggling right now. Like, what can we do? And so then it was like, we just went to Google or talks amongst, amongst each other right, and, right. and and had to like get out how we were feeling or what we were going through in order to get to that next level. And um, to your point, I think growth is happening in hyperdrive right now. And mm-hmm. it's so interesting. You talked about it being like, wobbly or um, midlife crisis is like not really existent anymore because that, that, that crisis is happening daily, right. Exactly. Or monthly because growth is happening so quickly um, that you are, you're hitting these blocks of wobbly so much more frequently the cool thing about that, I feel like is you get more comfortable with it and you're, I always tell my clients too, it's like, I never use the term wobbly, but everything I shared is, has very much felt ungrounding and felt wobbly. And I don't think you ever, and you can maybe speak to this. Like, I don't think that you ever don't feel that. Like there's never like you've reached the pinnacle point of life where you don't feel wobbly anymore ever at all, but your, um, your rebound rate from getting Mm -hmm. back on Mm -hmm. your feet and And having an awareness of like, oh, I'm feeling that feeling again. That must mean I'm about to experience this, this, or this, right? It becomes so much quicker. Like I know that my rebound rate from feeling wobbly to getting back grounded is like so much faster than it ever was before. Well, and I I totally agree because I think that comes from awareness 
you know, if you, and, and it's, it's, it's about also building a level of resilience, Nikki, because I think to your point, you know, we hit these roadblocks in whatever form they take, and they're, they're coming at us not only in business, but in our personal lives, and certainly at the po political, economic, and social level, because we're a global society in ways we never were before. Mm -hmm. So to your point where, you know, even 10 years ago, I would agree with you, people were acting like, oh, I've got this licked, and I'm making all this money, and I'm on social media as it was starting out, or I'm building platforms, but they, they weren't really uh, necessarily going behind the curtain and saying, you know, this is how I'm really feeling. And I think that's why all these masterminds have surfaced. We one of the things that I noted back in the day when I did leadership development in corporate, for example, you know, I was going in and teaching them literally how to be more effective leaders. Um, and then when all these platforms started popping up, what you had were a lot of CEOs rising up um, you know, they found angel investors or whatever. They've never been in business before. They, they didn't come up the ranks of corporate where they learned the ropes, as you stated. Um, and so they, fought, they found I have to work with other people who are in the same boat as I am. You know, what, where are there other CEOs who don't have the experience of running a company? And then it's just kind of morphed from there to where, you know, any of us now as entrepreneurs can access and learn from one another and really unique ways that um, are just quite rewarding and, and just offer such a wide range of knowledge and experience. I, I just think it's a wonderful, wonderful time to be in business and to access the resources that are out there around us. But we need to be open, I think, and vulnerable. And we certainly saw that in our last mastermind Mm -hmm. uh, meeting where, you know, we all came together for five days. There was a lot more vulnerability than certainly when I joined even a year ago mm -hmm. and a lot more, um, you know, honesty about what people are going through. And I think it, it gives us hope and inspiration to know that these are going to be part of the thing, part of, you know, part of the things we're going to bump up against in business, particularly as women, because even though, you know, men are doing so much more in the family system than ever before, um, there's still a level I think of expectation on us, you know, keeping it all together with, you know, the family and the house and, you know, you're not just running a company, you're, you're running a whole lot of other systems in your world that is, and especially during COVID where I was witness to so many of you homeschooling in the middle of it all. And I thought, oh, thank God I'm past that season <laughs> because I did homeschooling for my son by choice for three years. And, um, it was rewarding, but I quit everything else right. during that time. That was so like your focus. That was my focus, which is a very different thing from running a, com a company and, and trying to homeschool and being totally isolated in your yeah. home, you know. Excuse me. I, I have a question. So for those, for those of you, for those of my listeners who are feeling that wobbliness and are feeling that like unsure feeling um, you've mentioned resilience. What are some things that they can do uh, to help move through that feeling and to help build resilience in that? Because I think some people truly get taken out by that feeling. Um, I think that some people that's a point where they'll quit and they'll throw in the towel um, not having like the awareness that this is something that's normal and that a lot of 
uh, entrepreneurs, I think even more so women, um, have an awareness about, Hey, I'm like feeling something right now. Um, so what is a way that they can start to build that awareness and, and build their resilience around that to get regrounded? Well, and it's going to sound cliche, but it's the obvious answer. And I'll just backtrack for a second. When I came into our mastermind group a year ago, I had great concerns about what I was hearing and the level of work that I knew all of you were doing and uh, the pace you were keeping because I could just see burnout. Yeah. Um, then this, this mastermind meeting was totally different, as I mentioned a moment ago, because people were kind of hitting a wall. So there's a lot more emphasis in our group now on balance and self-care. And it goes back to, you know, it starts always with us putting the, the oxygen mask on ourselves first, which I think as women, it's very difficult. If you're a high achieving uh, entrepreneur, you know, we think we can, we're, we're wonder women and we can do it all, which is a very serious mistake that I know I made early in my career. So when I'm working with my coaching clients, whether it's men or women, um, I really, really encourage them to look at what we call the six lines of development. There are actually many more lines, but the way that we uh, kind of generate developmental movement into another stage is by doing the work around the six lines. So I, when I do an intake, for instance, I'm listening for where someone might have some uh, lower tendencies in one of the six lines. And then I'm, I will develop practices for that individual to further develop that line. So the lines that we focus on are cognitive, social, interpersonal, emotional, somatic, and moral. And you'll have varying degrees in each line. Now, most of us are fairly highly developed in our cognitive. That's where we spend most of our days thinking and creating and whatnot. Uh, the somatic is one that is very, very, um, well, there's little understood about it, although there's more coming out about the somatic line of development. But I will, for instance, and I'm working with a young woman right now who's raising two small children, a single mom, and she's very stressed and, and in business. Um, we, you know, I, I really recommend meditation, mm -hmm. um, things that you can do to tap into the subtle energies of the body so that you have awareness of what triggers stress in you. Um, I do a lot of work around adrenal exhaustion because I've been there myself during my son's illness. And when the adrenal glands are shot, you know, you don't recover from that. I mean, you're always having to really do a different level of care because you don't have cortisol being produced in the body. So we look at those lines and we, we look at what can we do, what practices can I engage in uh, that will honor uh, what I need for growth. So for instance, you know, I'm, I have a Peloton and I love Peloton and, I, and I'm one that, you know, I, I like to work out and do those kinds of things. But my body, um, if I'm traveling a lot, you know, my body doesn't need that. I listen mm. to what my body needs. And it might be that my body needs yoga this week or this day or this month because mm. I'm stressed out. You know, you, when we're doing launches and the things that I, I know you guys all do, those are very intense periods. So that, that doesn't mean when you're doing a launch that perhaps, you know, the body might be saying, I'm exhausted and I don't need to go to the gym and run on the treadmill for 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. So it's looking at what is going on and the body will tell you what it needs. And then that affects your social, you know, I mean, your personal, your emotional, 
you know, everything else and even the decisions you make and the level of creativity. Um, so it's not about doing it all at once, I guess. It's about how do I integrate um, those practices with where I am at this moment in time? And then how do I integrate all the other, you know, what you mentioned earlier, those bumps that we hit against? You know, those are part of your growth. And, and rather than beat ourselves up, which I think we all have a tendency to do, to just step back and go, what did I learn from this? Mm-hmm. And where did resilience show up? And where can I pat myself on the back? Because I think most of us are, I, I know for me, I could get a, I could do a keynote and get a standing ovation and walk off the stage and say to my team, oh my God, I missed this. And that's the next time I need. And they would be like, can we just celebrate? You know, when you finish your book, can we just celebrate it before you start saying you missed a chapter or why don't, you know, and, and yeah, it's just part of how we are as entrepreneurs. So my team taught me, let's take a moment. And I think that's an important part to celebrate what we have done before we move on to the next thing, before we criticize what we've already accomplished. Um, That's not easy for me. I'm not one that, you know. I'm learning golf now, which is a very hard sport and I've done sports all my life. And I'm noticing that every time I make a shot when one of my colleagues goes, that was great. I go, yeah, but I turned the club or yeah, but I lifted my head. <laughs> yeah. Like, Just enjoy that you made the shot. Yeah. And everyone applauded. I, Sharon, I love so many parts of what you were just talking about. Um, that is my language. And when I, um, I too have shared the same, even now being in the mastermind and being surrounded for the first time by all of these high level and high achieving entrepreneurs, I, um, I have even more so realized how important moving the energy in my body is during these times of high um, productivity in my work mm-hmm. is only gets even better when I'm doing that. So a couple things, one, two things is what I took from what you just said around um, what can be done to start to build that resilience. Um, and is, is for starters, it feels like getting out of your head. So getting out of the cognitive and into the somatic, into the body is, is a big part of it, right? It's getting out of your head because I, I think the way that I interpret that in, in non PhD terms for me is, is that I will keep telling myself whatever story keeps me feeling like shit basically. Like I will continue replaying that crappy story in my head, no matter what. So, but if I can get out of my head and I can get into my body and I, I practice this, I have practiced what you're talking about regularly in as a business owner and as like a human being and a mom and a wife for the last like five, six years. So I'm I'm with you on all of this. And I know that when I can get out of my body, I'm out of my head into my body. And for me, that looks like moving the energy and rewriting the story. So I move the energy via some form of 
fitness. And that could look like you said, I have my Peloton and I love it. And after this, we will have to share our username so we can ride together. That's one. But the other thing is sometimes that means I need an intense workout, right? And sometimes I need Pilates and sometimes I need yoga and sometimes I only need breath work or I only need meditation or some form of like low intensity, low stress, um, body work. Right. And, and sometimes it's, I need nothing and I need to go to the sauna or I need to go to get acupuncture done. So building our toolbox of ways that we can get into the body. And I always tell my, my audience, like, it doesn't mean you have to go to the sauna. It doesn't mean you have to go take a class. It could mean you are grabbing a free meditation on YouTube and sitting for five minutes or sitting for 10 minutes um, and grabbing some journal prompts online, but getting out of your head and into your body, because I find that it's so much easier to celebrate when you're not replaying the crappy story in your head, but it's like this vicious cycle, right? Like how do we get out of our head so we can stop replaying the crappy story so we can rewrite a new story, which I find that rewriting that new story comes from reflection and celebration. I totally, totally. And I just so celebrate your wisdom in this because I, I know that it's um, not something that comes easily. And I always talk about doing the work and the work looks like so many things. Mm-hmm. And I know that there are probably women out there listening going, you know, well, you don't understand. I have three children, I'm running this business, you know, I can't afford Pilates or whatever. But to your point, you, you look at what you can do. Like, like Sunday, Mm -hmm. my husband left, uh, he had to fly out of town to a funeral. And uh, I was exhausted after a week of hard work and trying to manage, we're up in the mountains of North Carolina now, and I'm trying to learn how to be here and engage in the many activities in this beautiful environment and in the midst of my work. Well, it's, it's like a whole other level of, you know, how do you integrate so many opportunities for relaxation that are turning into being <laughs> exhausting opportunities as much as work. So Sunday, to your point, I, I mean, I felt like, oh, I should be writing. I should be doing all these things because he's gone. I was just too tired. So I did meditation. I read. And then I literally, I'm, I'm this is not something I would admit to most people, but I, I know you'll get it. I binged watched Emily in Paris for the second time. Yes. Um, I just needed to be on the couch. Yes. I, I probably <laughs> slept through most of it, but I needed like something fun, no brainer. Let's just, you know, I can love Paris and her clothes and, yes. and, and just be and, and not feel guilty um, about it. Just know. And then I, when I got up, I was just so rested. And then I was able to do a little writing and, and do some things, you know, that I, I know if I forced myself to do before the couch uh, adventure, I probably wouldn't have done very well. I love that so much. I am such an advocate of that, that type of rest. And, you know, I also just want to share in full transparency, all of this is like, I'm, I'm in here. Like, I'm so excited about this because this is such my wheelhouse of like the way that I operate as an entrepreneur and, and still I fall all the time and I fail this all the time. Like there are, I can't even tell you how many times I'm, I know I can hear my body like 
sit, sit mm-hmm. down, go meditate or go do this or basically like anything other than sitting in front of my computer for one more damn second. And mm-hmm. I don't listen and I sit and I, and nothing productive comes of that. And, you know, nothing worth sharing. I never get golden nuggets of content when I'm not listening to what's going on, but I just want, you know, I don't, I don't want it to make it seem like, yep, this is everything that happens on a regular day-to-day basis for me. Um, it's not, I definitely like, I have a acute awareness that these, this is the way that I operate, um, like the best. And I still suppress that voice at times, um, and feel like I just need to pump out one more email, or I just need to do this one more thing. Um, and then I'm, I stay up too late and then I'm tired the next day. And then now I'm in this, like, you know, tumble of, of nothing good all because I didn't, I didn't listen to what I, what I, my body was telling me I should have did. Well, and I think our children suffer when we, when we don't listen, you know, and on two levels that I'll address very quickly. One is we're not as attentive. If we're exhausted, we're going to be more cranky, all the obvious stuff. If we're not taking care of ourselves, we know we're not going to have the patience and the resilience that we need to be good mothers. It's just, it's, you know, mm-hmm. I, I kid, I kid myself for years that I could do it all and then realize, no, I, I really can't, especially my son was disabled. So it was, it was like having five children in many ways. Mm-hmm. But the other thing is that I think it's important that we teach our children how to integrate work and life, you know, and I was good at that. I mean, my son was fully aware that, you know, when he came home from school and we did all the, you know, cause I was working and doing everything. And, and then but when he, I was always there to meet him from school. That was part of why I chose to be an entrepreneur was so that I could be more present for him. But he also knew that there was this period that between the schoolwork and all that transition that I needed like 10 minutes to myself to meditate. Mm-hmm. And he knew that like, you know, now it was a little different for me because my son was in a wheelchair and I could do that. I know for those of you that have kids mm-hmm. running around, you know, you can't just like leave them on their own and, you know, go, go meditate. But yeah. I, I pretty much trained him to know um, my, my mom needs some time to downtime before we start the second half, which to me is another job. Like, yeah. you, you know, you shut down your business at whatever time you shut it down. But those of us that are entrepreneurs, are, you know, we're still checking emails and doing all this stuff all the time. But then you have you know, homework and dinner and all this other stuff that actually happens after four or five o'clock. You know, I was on the call last night with uh, a colleague of mine and, you know, we were on till seven. He goes, okay, now I got to go cook salmon for my family. I'm like, yeah, I know what you're talking about. So, you know, it's like, give ourselves some slack in realizing that, you know, we're kind of the CEO of the family in many ways, you know, you may share that with a husband, but you know, you all have your roles and responsibilities and it's a long day. It's a long week. It's a long month. And we've got to give ourselves the grace. Um, And I think, you know, what we're both saying, paying attention to the body is one way to really know. I always say when I hit a wall, I know I've hit a wall Sunday, I hit a wall and it was like, okay, enough. You need to stop. And then Monday I was ready to go again because I'm very high energy like you. And I, and I'm, you know, I, I do a lot in a day and I pride myself on that, but there's just sometimes when I need to stop. 
Yeah. This, you had mentioned earlier about having a strong interest in time and money based on like stages of life. And this, this talk about, um, time and things, you know, shutting business down at a certain point and kind of, I always say it is a transition from one role into the next role. Um, while yeah, trying to also like, I do try to have my daughter be aware that like, this is my work. And I hear, I know that she digests it because, um, she'll sometimes be doing something with her play phone and she'll say, mommy, I'm working right now for five minutes, please. And I just laugh because she's like picking up. I'm like, oh, I must say that, you know, um, but it very much feels like, and this is like, you know, this, I think this goes for entrepreneurs who are not only parents, but are, have other things going on in their world that, there are these seasons of life and these seasons of business that require us to have that clicking into the next moment. Right. And my husband, my husband talks about these in shorter things, not like seasons of life, but he calls them uh, key moments of focus. And ever since I met him, he's always talked about these key moments of focus. And they feel like for me, these feel like seasons of life. I know that the way I'm operating right now and feeling at times like, yeah, I am stretched a little thin, or I am trying to find that 10 minutes to meditate, or I am needing to like stop my work. Like for me right now, I pick up my daughter from daycare preschool at, at noon. So a, a couple of my days during the week I stop at noon and she gets dropped off at eight in the morning. So it's really like, what is that? Four hours by the time we get there, get home, you know? So it's like, let's call it three hours. It's like, I know that that's not going to be forever. And I know that this time in this season is fleeting. And I'm not even saying like, I need to embrace it. I'm just saying like, whatever I can situate right now to give me time to get work done, to find some sort of balance, to be able to check in with my body, to be able to like be productive in business is like all going to change in another like couple of months because she's going to evolve or she's going to then be in school full time or whatever it is. And, you know, those, these feel like these seasons right now, um, and, and these, this is my stage of life at the moment. And what I was saying about my husband with these like key moments of focus for him, sometimes that looks like tapping in my husband and being like, Hey, I'm launching right now, or mm -hmm. I'm going to be launching in the next two weeks. So like prepping the family for right. like what I have going on in my work in the second week of, you know, June or whatever it is. And, 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 getting my support system in place to be able to facilitate me taking that key moment of focus or that little mini season and, and knowing that I'm going to be going all in on those two weeks. So I'm not going to be in my normal, um, my normal role of things, right. I'm going to need some extra additional support so that I can be fully there because I do think it's hard to feel like I can do it all. Like, oh, I can launch, have a six figure launch or whatever it is. Right. And also mom and also wife. And also then like stop and do the laundry and cook dinner and like do all of the things. Oh, you can't, you can't. I mean, I was, I'm listening to you. I'm thinking of 
you know, when I was on the road a lot, it took all three of us to understand what that meant during that season when I wrote my book, when I got my PhD. I mean, my final year on my PhD of, of writing my dissertation, I barely got out of my pajamas. I mean, I just put everything yes. on hold. My husband totally looked like did everything because we just knew that's what it was going to take or it was going to be an additional year for me to get through. So I think, I think what you're saying is very important that the stages are different from seasons and it's a bigger conversation because I'll just, I'll just throw this out there that without doing the, the work that we've talked about, um, people will get stuck at a stage and that's when they get into burnout. Uh, not that, again, that one stage is better than the other, but 51% of the American workforce is at the expert or achiever stage. And if you're wanting more out of your life, if you're wanting a more robust life, um, the work that we've talked about in, in those six areas is important because it helps you um, stabilize and then grow into whatever's next, regardless of the season. So there's, because it's really about consciousness and your perception of the world, which many of us, you know, you, you've all met, you know, 80 year old people who are just cranky, mean old people who've never, uh, grown beyond, you know, being cranky young people. So, so um, there's a lot that we have to consider and I love, and, it, and it's exciting for me to hear that you're out there in the world, Nikki, teaching entrepreneurs, you know, how to think in these ways and, and how to activate their highest potential in very concrete ways in the midst of, of running a business and a family and, you know, being a significant other. These are all really, um, intense moments and I love your husband's idea key moments of focus because I think when you can recognize that um, it gives us a choice and it gives us permission to do what we need to do absent all guilt mm -hmm. yeah yeah and I for one am like I know that guilt around work and parenting and being a partner and, you know, that's very, that's a very real feeling to feel like mm -hmm. I, sh I should be able to get it all done, or I'm not showing up good enough for my family, or I'm not showing up good enough for my household. And the example that I use often is that I'm a horrifying laundry folder. My husband, <laughs> like, I am such a bad laundry folder. I will let a pile of laundry sit for much longer than I want to share on here. And, um, but I still, I still can make $10,000 a month. And I always yes. say that. And I'm like, you know what? It's okay if your laundry sits from time to time. It's okay if like you are three minutes late for pickup. It's okay mm -hmm. if you decide to leave the dishes in the sink until the next morning. You can still be successful and still run an amazing, incredible, sustainable business um, and, and not feel like you could, you need to do all of the things all of the time. Well, and I'll, I'll end with this quick thing because we had this come up in our mastermind. And I know for a lot of women, it was difficult. The idea of external support in whatever way that is, whether it's mm -hmm. a, a nanny or a housekeeper, I have always had both always, even when we didn't maybe have as much money as other times, but because my husband and I made a decision, we want a clean house. We knew we needed help with Michael and, um, you know, my work. 
And I never have regretted that. You know, I never have regretted that because if you like to clean and do all of that, you can still do it, but you don't have to do it. You don't feel the pressure of having to do it. So our philosophy was always, we just need to make the money to make sure that we can do that. You know, it's just sort of like you make what you need when food goes up or gas goes up, you just do it. And I want to encourage your, your women listeners, if any of them are holding on to the idea that they cannot do that, even though they, they can afford it, um, let go of that because it will change your world where your weekends are no longer about keeping house, but they're about being with your family mm-hmm. or, you know, finishing up what you need to do around your business. Yeah. I just could not agree more. My, uh, house cleaners are here right now. If you've heard any ruffling in the background, <laughs> um, actually, and that was a big thing for my husband and I too, to like make a decision on what are the things that we want support around that? Like, yeah, we can do, but we would prefer to be out paddle boarding on the weekend, or we would prefer to be out on the boat or at the beach or whatever it is. Um, and that for us looked like house cleaning and yard work. And so those are the two things that we have that are basically like non-negotiables for us. Um, and we're all happier because of it. And at the end of the day, like that's what feels important. Like if we're unhappy in our work as entrepreneurs, if we're unhappy in our homes, like we're doing it wrong, then we're doing it wrong. And we need to figure out how to do it right. And it could be something so simple as, um, having someone come and fold laundry or, Yeah. It doesn't have to be every week. I mean, I right, know when we right. were busier as a family, I had someone every week, but now with this, just the two of us, I don't have, you know, we don't make that big of a mess. So I have, <laughs> I have a team that comes in every other week, you mm-hmm. know, and you just, you figure it out. Anyway, yeah. I know our time is up and I want to thank you so much for your energy and what you're doing for people out there in the world and for giving me an opportunity to be on the show. It was wonderful. Yes. Thank you so much. I feel like we could go on and on. So we'll have to find some other amazing topics that we could dive into on some future episodes. And can you just let everyone know where they can find you, where they can learn more about what you do, um, how to find you on social media, your website? Sure. The website is SharonSpano.com. That's S-P as in Peter A-N-O. Very easy. You can, you know, and I'm, I'm all over Twitter and LinkedIn and all that. And so it's, it's easy to find me. Um, and then email if anyone has any questions is Sharon at SharonSpano.com. And you can certainly find the other side of potential, you know, on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And the book, The Pursuit of Time and Money is uh, obviously an Amazon Perfect. We will link all of that up in the show notes. Sharon, thank you so, so much for your time. And everyone, I will see you on the next episode.